Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome to this, the latest episode of Linux in the Ham Shack, number 127. Uh, we have something of a show tonight. Not sure how good it'll be, but we're going to do our best. And we have the usual suspects tonight. Me, myself, and I, Russ, K5TUX. And along with me, we have from Montreal, Pete, VE2XPL. How you doing, Pete? Good. Good day, eh? We're going to have an awesome show. What are you talking about? The show's always awesome. Awesome. Well, we should actually introduce Cheryl first from now on because she's the young lady. Yes. Okay. Well, and then there's <laughs> Cheryl, the, the young lady, the YL. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. clearly overwhelmed by the experience. Over there. The only reason why there's anything in the Etherpad is because that's what I spent my afternoon doing. You did awesome. That was an awesome job. Thanks. Of you. I added something, and I just realized that I've lost the link now, so my story is useless. <laughs> I have to, like, struggle and look for it. It's like, you know, it's like, hurry, find the link. <laughs> right now. You're talking too loud again, as we've been, you know, dealing with for the last 20 minutes. Sorry. I get exuberant, over-exuberant, over-excited. I'm happy to be here. I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy to be here. There you go. Better. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm really happy to be here. Thanks well, a lot. it's good to have you all here. So, <laughs> alrighty then. Well, good. Since all the posts were well, many of the posts were done by Cheryl. Well, I guess all of them now, since uh, Pete's kind of fell through. <laughs> I guess uh, we don't have. I found it. You found it? No, I thought oh. it was. It's not the right. <laughs> Horrible. Oh uh, well. Okay, carry on. You yes. have a few minutes to find it. Quick, hurry. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Gotta find the website that I lost the link to. So we have a pretty ham-centric episode this uh, this episode, as uh, was, I believe was just pointed out. Um, so we can do the first first story here. I guess I'll go ahead and do the first story, and then we'll just maybe we'll do it round robin style. Who knows? Cool. Uh, first story is a ham radio aids rescue of hikers, which is really cool. Uh, authorities in Kern County, California, say amateur radio was responsible for the rescue of five adult hikers who became lost in San Migdio Canyon. That's a weird name for a canyon. The group had left Pine Mountain Club on the morning of Saturday, March 22nd, hiking to a vehicle park near Highway 166 when they went astray. Blair Witch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had handheld radios with them and called an amateur radio operator in the Pine Mountain Club to report they were lost. They had handheld radios with them and called an amateur radio operator in the Pine Mountain Club to report they were lost, a Kern County Sheriff's Department summary said. Air One quickly located the lost hikers in a dry creek bed approximately 12 miles south of Highway 166, and ground unit transported them to their vehicle. The Sheriff's Office said the hikers, who had plenty of food and water, were extremely exhausted but did not require medical aid. So... That's it's almost like a story that isn't a story. How did this get in? How did this get in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an anticlimax. Yeah, I know. Everybody got hurt. It's oh, like they're they're uh, they're well fed, well watered, you know, healthy human beings who <laughs> got lost well, for. Well, saying it, there was a little more shit. to it that I didn't include. Apparently, one of the hikers had fallen and hurt himself 
but wasn't hurt bad enough that he needed, you know, taken to a hospital or anything like that. My question is, how in the world did they get 12 miles from where they needed to be? That's what happens when you leave your compass at home. (laughs) Okay. And and the the other moral to the story is it's a happy ending because they had ham radio. Exactly. Well, that's true. Because when you're in a canyon or in the middle of nowhere, your cell phone is useless. I mean, I've lived in the middle of nowhere and you start hiking and you have no cell phone service, right? Especially when you get into canyons and you have mountains. Yeah, they said they had no no cell service. So, So, uh, no, that's awesome. That's a great story. And I've, I've heard stories like this before and I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay, and see. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, Pete, if you want to go ahead and do the next one, go for it. Oh, sure. Give me the boring one. Oh. The FCC. Oh, like no, mine was scintillating. Yeah. Actually, this one happens in Cocoa Beach, Florida, which is very cool. So, very, very posh and, and fashion. FCC consent decree requires radio amateur to relinquish his license, posted by the lovely. Loretta, I mean, the lovely Cheryl. As part of a consent degree released March 19th, uh, so just recently, a Cocoa Beach, Florida radio amateur uh, has agreed to give up his advanced class amateur radio license. It's like, a, it's like a demotion in the army. The sergeant becomes a private because he did something stupid. Uh, Terry L. Van Volkenberg, KC5RF, has also agreed to make a $1,000 vol- voluntary donation to the U.S. Treasury. Really? The U.S. Treasury? Seriously? They couldn't give it to sick kids? Um, in installments, because, you know, the poor people of Cocoa Beach, they just can't afford these $1,000 <laughs> fines. And <laughs> we're just, like, totally making fun of this guy. I hope he's not listening. Um, and waive all rights to uh, contest the validity of the consent decree. Uh, in turn, the FCC is terminating a 2012 ins- enforcement, uh, which uh, is proceeding... Uh, proceeding involving unlicensed transmission that interfered with the sheriff's department radio system. Well, that's kind of important. You probably shouldn't interfere with the sheriff's radio system. Uh, the FCC investigation began began in September 2012 in response to an interference complaint filed by the Brevard County Bre- Brevard Brevard County Sheriff's Department. The Enforcement Bureau subsequently. Uh, determined that Van Volgenberg uh, transmitted on 465 300 megahertz without a license, interfering with the radio system in the county jail. Well, that's not too bad, I guess. On March 1st, 2013, the FCC found Van Volkenberg liable for a $25,000 forfeiture, uh, which the commission subsequently determined he would be unable to pay. Really? Cocoa Beach, $25,000. Obviously, the uh, the neighborhood's gone down in, in the last few years. Have to put his drug the enforcement dealer bureau, <laughs> The Enforcement Bureau also agreed not to institute a new proceeding on the basis of the uh, just one concluded, of the one just concluded. Apologies. So this is uh, courtesy of the ARRL.org uh, news feed. So you guys can uh, check it out. The article is called FCC Consent Decree Requires Amateur Radio to Relinquish His License. So... Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, you shouldn't interfere with the police. The uh, moral of the story being, I have, I have this old FT-530, uh, which is a 2-meter, uh, 440 handheld. And when I lived in Alberta, you could actually transmit on the local uh, police department frequency, which I always thought was interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's possible to do that. So you got to make sure that you're not transmitting where you're not supposed to, people. The moral of the story is once you get your license... You're supposed to know where you can and where you can't. That Comments, is true. Concerns, opinions. 
You're supposed to know those rules. And I find it interesting that he was interfering with the, the jail radio. It's like, what was he? Was, yeah, really? Was, was that on purpose? Like, was he trying to talk to inmates or what? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm guessing he had no idea. 465.3. That's, you know, 465.3. Well outside the... Yeah, totally. Well outside the handband. So interesting, I guess. I ran across another one where a... I believe they lived in Amarillo, maybe. Uh, he was apparently hogging Channel 19 on the CB. And the cops went in and went, or the FCC went in and went, no, no, this is against the rules. And apparently it was because somebody was irritating the wife of this guy using the CB. So he just decided to, to completely clog up Channel 19 so they couldn't use it. Like that never happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, if you live in Amarillo, I'll give you a pass. Yeah. It's not yeah. fair. <laughs> well, I think it's perfectly fair. I've been through there once. I'm glad I don't have to do it very often. I um, grew up in CB, and it used to be quite respectable. And the last time I was listening, I uh, had thrown one in my car just for fun when I uh, drove from here to New York City to attend my cousin's wedding. And in New York City, I was appalled at what I heard on Channel 19. <laughs> appalled, I say. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it uh, tarnished your very soul. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm not, uh, I have potty mouth once in a while, but this guy was putting everybody I know to shame put together. Yeah, well, you can hear some of that even on the handbands. So just, you know. Certain- yeah, no, no, this guy was talking about, I'm not even going to get into it. It's not even, there's a lady present, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> Talking about sex, based about his sexual exploits, let's say, in a very graphic uh, way, in a very disgusting pig-like graphic way. So you listened the but, whole time, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, couldn't turn it off. It's like a, like a train wreck. You know? it's like... <laughs> Can't avert your eyes from the body at the accident scene. Right, Exactly. The last story we have for our short topics is uh, special event stations are marking International Marconi Day. They're marking Marconi Day. That's nice alliteration. Yes. A few dozen special event stations will take the air on April 26th to commemorate International Marconi Day. Among them will be GB4IMD in Cornwall, OE14M in Vienna, IY0IMD in Italy, V. O1AA in St. John's, Newfoundland, VK2IMD in Australia, and Whiskey Alpha 1 Whiskey Charlie Charlie on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. All stations planning to participate are urged to register. A list of registered participants is on the IMD 2014 website, and there will be a link to that website in the show notes. Uh, International Marconi Day is a 24 hour amateur radio event held annually to celebrate the birth of Guglielmo. Marconi. Jeff. I'm pretty sure that's the Italian for Jeff. So, Jeff Marconi. (laughs) (laughs) On April 15th, 1874, IMD is held each year on Saturday close to Marconi's birthday with amateur radio stations on the air from around the world, including some award stations operating from historically significant sites. This event is not a contest. It is an opportunity for amateurs around the world to make point-to-point contact with historic Marconi sites using HF communications techniques similar to those used by Marconi and earn an award certificate for working on or hearing a requisite number of Marconi stations. Was so it? a spark gap. 
yeah, I'm going to pull out the old spark gap and my manual key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I should, let's see, it's on a Saturday. Damn. One of these days, I hope I can get to actually operate on weekends because that's when all this stuff seems to happen. Yeah, Cheryl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nope. fine. Blame me. Uh, yeah, don't, don't blame her. It's I'm not bad. her fault. Uh, Guglielmo, eh? Did you see Zoolander? Saw that movie Zoolander? Uh, no, I never did. Oh, goodness, you have to see that. It's a parody on, on the, the New York model scene, but uh, he has to read someone's eulogy, and, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's a typical model, you know, he's supposed to be good-looking. It's uh, Ben Stiller is, plays the main character. He's supposed to be this really good-looking model, and, but he's really, really dumb, of course, and instead of saying eulogy, he calls it a you googly. <laughs> And when you said Guglielmo, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, reminded me kind of Ned Flanders. <laughs> Googly Moogly uh, Ermo. <laughs> yeah, International Marconi Day. Uh, VO1AA is, is the uh, historic Marconi site on Signal Hill, St. John's, Newfoundland, where Marconi actually did some of his experimentations from. And if you look up uh, some Google images of that, you'll see his... His big giant antennas that he had set up there—it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I watched uh, uh, probably one of the most historic. I watched uh, that sh- that first episode of the amateur radio TV show from Great Britain, um, whatever it's called. Uh, uh, you know, Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, they, there's a lot of am- <laughs> amateur radio going on in Downton Abbey. No, 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 no. We we talked about it. It's a it's a show on online, a TV podcast. You're probably talking about Ham Nation. No, 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 no. It's the new one. Anyway, it's, uh, never mind. Oh, the new one. Right. The new one. I can never remember what it is because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Well, I watched it. And the first thing, one of the first stories I did was from, uh, that particular Marconi site in Cornwall. So it's kind of interesting to learn all about that. The TV show is called the TX Factor. Yeah. TX Factor. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Good thing we have, good thing we have that, Cheryl. (laughs) It is. It's very good. Good Or Or something. No, no, no. All right. Okay, I can see the after editing this episode is going to be about three minutes long so far. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> have a shorty once in a while. Yeah, it's been a, been a long time. So I find this next story or this next mention that you're going to bring up interesting because you're talking about installing uh, Mint on XP, which will be going end of life in exactly one week. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's so funny that this was on uh, ZDNet, which is you know supposed to be the latest and greatest uh, news but whether it goes extinct or not i mean it's not going extinct you just there'll just be no um no support for it but people are going to p- keep using xp for a long time you know especially us poor ham radio operators so for those of you who wish to uh foray into the world of linux and want to install mint on your xp box i just uh, ran across this interesting article on zdnet uh which was uh written by our uh, good friend uh uh, old what's his name uh, Stephen Von Nichols uh, who we mention on here a lot and he goes through um, basically step by step what you got to do you can look at it as a um, installing Linux on your uh, XP PC for dummies he's got screenshots and uh, everything from uh, you know uh, download the ISO blah 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 so if uh, you guys want to uh, give it a try then uh, it's a little bit of an article that gives you a step by step on how to that being said Anybody who's used to playing with a with a any kind of computer really should have no problems, nonetheless. But 
if you want to read up on it before you uh, jump in there, uh, go check it out on ZDNet. It's called How to Install Linux Mint on Your XP PC. And the link uh, will be in the show notes. I won't go through it because, like I said, uh, a lot of this stuff is pretty uh, pretty easy. If I can do it, anybody can do it as far as I can uh, far as I can gather. So that's it. Just a quick mention, quick article you guys can read. Articles for the newbie, the new buy. <laughs> I saw this next uh, story, too, on uh, Ham Radio Newsline, the one that Cheryl just added that you're going to talk about, Russ. Oh, I am? Well, it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Cheryl wants to talk about it. No, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, another quick mention. Apparently, the photos of Marlon Brando's ham shack have shown up on the webs. EC1AME has posted that back in the 1980s, while he was reading the Spanish magazine Hola, uh, he found a very interesting article about Marlon Brando's private island in the Pacific. Among the pictures, he spotted two ham radio-related ones and later posted them to the Echo Alpha 1 Uniform Romeo Oscar internet discussion site. As some of you may know, Marlon Brando was licensed as KE6ZPH here in the United States and FO5GJ in Tahiti. According to Willipedia.com, Brando is listed on the Federal Communications Commission's records as Marlon Brando, B-R-A-N-D-E-A-U-X, to uh, preserve his privacy and that he used that name while on the air. That's so clever. (laughs) Yeah, no one would get that. Oh, actually, it says Martin Brando, not Marlon Brando. So that's a little bit more clever. Yeah, that's a little bit more clever. Definitely. I didn't realize he was a ham, to tell you the truth. No, I I didn't either. I thought that was very cool. That is cool. Finishing up, his private island was to become a luxury resort in 2013. So Echo Charlie One Alpha Mike Echo says that it is a perfect moment to remember how it looked in the 80s. You can see those photos on the web at tinyurl.com stroke marlin dash brando dash station. And as always, that link will be in the show notes. I'm looking at it right now. It's already in the show notes. Uh, you could see from Hola Spanish Magazine in the 80s, Equipo de Radio y de Transmisiones en el Interior del Bungalow Pravido del Actor. <laughs> this bungalow doesn't translate? <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess not. And then the next picture, you could see the outside of a shack. The, the shack is actually really cool because it's actually a shack. It's like a, a little grass hut. You could see part of his uh, antennas there. Uh, Nada más tropical que en rinzón paradisio de Marlon Brando, roto tan solo por las antenas de la emisora del actor cuyo hobby es la radio. I guess hobby doesn't translate either. So hobby and bungalow, two easy words in Spanish to remember. Uh, that shack has quite a few boat anchors that would make uh, followers of those drool for sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm not sure what those are. Somebody could probably, they look like they'd be Heath kits if I had to guess. Heath kits or Collins, fuzzy maybe. the image, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And there's a, there's actually some fairly modern looking stuff in there as well for something, you know, right around the 80s. There's a, there's a couple of view meters and the radio that's on the bottom right there actually look to be more modern than some of the other ones. So, I'm pretty sure he could afford them. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he could. It is funny, though, because you're looking, like you say, from the interior picture, you're looking at, you know, his shack and a bunch of electronics inside what is essentially a grass hut. You can see, yeah, yeah, you can see the, you know, the the roof, you know, the, the thatching on the roof and everything. So, 
It doesn't actually look uh, watertight either. <laughs> but uh, I hope it is. I hope it is too. Yeah. Well, just having a look at the. Uh, I, for those of you who are wondering, I I don't have all my computers active today. One of them's still at work, so I'm not actually paying attention to IRC. So I apologize to those IRCers right off the bat. But Symbola wanted to know if I'd ever seen Strange Brew, and yes, I have seen Strange Brew. It's a classic, a Canadian classic by Bob and Doug McKenzie. Movie about two guys who uh, love beer, of course, and go off on a quest. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. So yeah, I've seen that uh, years and years. I haven't seen it in a long time though. But, uh, I've digressed, but I answered a question. Yep, that's okay. Digression is a fact of life. Well, we're talking about Marlon Brando movies, you know, Strange Brew. The segue is not too bad. Nope, nope, not at all. So I think we're done with the first segment. Someone right. has anything else to add? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Well, I guess we're going to go to music. Except cool. There is no music. Why not? Um, well, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell us why there's no music? Because there's none listed in the Etherpad. I thought you were the one who generated all the music. Well, I was, but lately you've been doing so good at it that I was going to let you do it today. See, I came up with all the stories. You didn't come up with all the stories. Cheryl came up with all the stories. <laughs> no, Cheryl just put her name next to them. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is there any music? There's never any music. If I don't come up with the music, there's no music. I'm upset now. No, well, Russ wants to be the one to come up with all the music. No, I don't yeah. want... No, that's Pete's job now. He was the one who took no, it over all no. by himself. Well, I was never, that was never posted on my, uh, on my task descriptions. So yeah. The, you, last few, the last couple of weeks, you've come up with the music. So you're, you're the one who usurped that position. I'm surprised, you know, I didn't usurped. have to... Usurped. Yes. Nice word there, buddy. Buddy. Uh, don't call me buddy. You're the one who's... <laughs> Anyways, play some music. Find some. You can find some music at the last minute. You're good at that. I am. You are. I can play some crap. Well, you usually do. What are you talking about? I play the best. Yours is the stuff I can't stand. Why do you think I keep turning it off and picking my own stuff? Picking your nose? Picking picking my nose. Give me a break. Nope. Not going to happen. Well, you want me to find some music or not? Yes. Go ahead. I'll entertain the people with my juggling. <laughs> okay. Well, I can, I'm sure I can find some crappy Canadian music. <laughs> Yeah, so can I, actually. It's going nowhere fast, isn't it? <laughs> right. Okay, so we have no music, so... And I'm not going to screw around looking for it. Okay, fine. Well, we have another story. Well, you say it. Why don't I say it? Yeah, why don't you say it? Since you can't come up with music, you may as well be useful. No, I think you should be useful. It's your turn. I did the last one. Oh, I did the last one. I spoke in Spanish. You were. You did it after me, for crying out loud. Hey, I came up with the word bungalow, okay? No, you can go to hell. That was me. I'm already in hell, apparently. Why don't you come up with some music while you're down there in hell? There's probably some good bands down there. Badger. Thank you, I'm out of here. Yeah, please. You're out of here. Come on, waiting for you to do the story. Well, if he's not doing the story, then I guess Cheryl can do something, because... Badger. I don't want to be here either. Uh, no, Cheryl's not going to do anything. Sorry. Since you've managed to piss Pete off, why don't you go ahead and start doing it? Okay, so apparently Russ is left now, too. Hello? <sighs> Such a lovely day in the neighborhood. So, since I'm not sure if I'm still online, if anybody can hear me in the chat room, say something. Okay, well, apparently people can still hear me, so I guess that Russ and Pete have left because they've got their 
panties in a wad or something. Um, I'm completely not prepared for any of this, so I've been sitting here going over recipes. Um, so I can either read everybody the recipes that I've found for my next month's grocery list, or I can have my dogs do tricks. So, I, you know, they're, they're really good at sitting and shaking and things like that. It's your choice. So somebody can pop up and say what you'd prefer. Um, I have recipes for a little bit of everything. You would be amazed at what I have. I can fix hog jowl and grits. I can fix pecan pie. Uh, I can fix biscuits and gravy. I can fix, um, well, I could probably get some recipes from Russ's mother for some of the Swedish things that she concocts. Russ has warned me about those, though. So haven't asked for those recipes. But yeah, anyway, so, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that I deal with. But actually, one of the recipes I was just looking at was for um, fiddle faddle, which is, I guess, kind of like crunch and munch. We're having a party in a couple of weeks, so I was trying to come up with something to fix, you know, for that. So, and regarding the chicken biryani, no, I have not tried that. Although I'll have to look that recipe up because that sounds good. I, you know, we don't, being in Missouri, we don't get a lot of opportunities to try Indian food or things like that. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure that Russ's mother is a loot fist type person. So I've, I've tried some Swedish food. It's not been too bad, but uh, Russ has spared me the things like the Ludfisk um, purely because he won't eat it. So, but apparently his mother loves it. So, yeah, I'm the in Missouri. The uh, the things we get the choice of is tons of Italian because we have dogs in the background. Um, there's a few Indian restaurants, tons of of Chinese carryout type places, a few Thai places. But around here, you find lots of American cafes with biscuits and gravy and things like that and fried catfish, which is disgusting. But anyway, so that's that's what we get around here. But Missouri is known for their cashew chicken, which is not like the cashew chicken that any place else has ever had. Um, and Russ was a little shocked the very first time he ordered cashew chicken here because he was expecting, you know, unbreaded chicken with some vegetables and a, a cashew sauce and things like that. And here the sauce is completely different. The chicken is breaded almost like popcorn chicken. And my brother who has lived in Atlanta for the last 20 ish years, the very first stop we have to make when I pick him up at the airport is to go get him some, what we lovingly refer to as cashew kitty. So, you know, that's that's his big thing when he gets here. And most Chinese restaurants in the area, they're Korean-owned. So that's they always have big buffets with cashew chicken and sweet and sour chicken on their buffet. So catfish isn't bad as long as it's cleaned right. But around here, I get more often than not, you'll get a hold of catfish that's very muddy tasting. And that is not something that... Uh, I'm very interested. I'm I'm a little uh, picky about my fish. April Fools, everybody! <laughs> blah blah blah. As if anyone didn't realize, that, but <laughs> that's the most boring catfish story I've ever heard. I, 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 I couldn't wait for this joke to end. <laughs> 
So, uh, Russ, does your mother like loot fisk? I don't know if like is the right word. But she eats it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yuck. I don't even know what that is. It's Sounds basically worse than the catfish. It's basically it, rotten fish. It smells like lye, and it's sitting in the sun, and Ew. all kinds of nasty things, like Sounds fermented like, fish, basically. Sounds like stink flipper. <laughs> I think that's what lutefisk means in Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> all righty then. Anyhow, happy April. Happy April 1st, y'all. Yes, very much so. Well, I guess enough about recipes and whatnot. As it turns out, we really don't have music, so uh, go ahead and do the next story. All right. The next story is all about ham radio for a change. Um, this is one I came across uh, on QRZ.com. Uh, survey results, 2014 ham radio digital voice. In an effort to understand how the ham radio community is currently using digital voice modes or their willingness to use them, a short survey was put together by a gentleman uh, called Don, uh, VA3XFT. Oh, no, sorry. VA3XPR, apologies, uh, and made available to the ham community uh, last March 21st. March 21st was a very prolific ham radio date, apparently. It's our second story involving that date. So uh, for anyone interested in the results, uh, you can go to VA3XPR.net, and the ham radio survey results are there. And I thought I'd go over a couple of them. This guy, um, considering that uh, digital modes are kind of the latest and greatest things now, uh, this guy put together a little survey of 20 questions, uh, and hams uh, around the world uh, were invited to participate. Uh, there were 213 total respondents, so, you know, a nice world sample, considering there's like, what, 7 billion of us? Uh, but anyhow, nonetheless, 84% uh, of them uh, said that they did use uh, digital technologies, which is actually pretty interesting. Although I'm guessing that if you're a digital user, you'd be more likely to answer a digital survey. So maybe that has something to do with it. 15% said no, and 2% were not sure if they used it or not. That I found interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, they, they went through uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, how frequently do you use uh, uh, the ham mode? So 56% of them use them daily, 20% weekly. Uh, which ham radio bands do you use uh, digital? So uh, mostly we're on 70 centimeters, which uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, which ham radio digital voice modes are you capable of using? Uh, so um, the most uh, prolific were D-Star and uh, Digital Mobile, uh, which kind of go hand in hand anyways. Um, so uh, let's see what type of equipment uh, do you have. Uh, most people have portable equipment. I'm guessing mostly because of the price of, of uh, digital equipment uh, is, is still rather restrictive when you're talking D-Star and company. So the portable is the best way to get involved in the hobby at a low price. Mobile was next and base was third. So uh, repeater was uh, came in last. Uh, manufacturers, of course, uh, Icom and Motorola were the two uh, winners on that one. Uh, which modes have you used? And that's kind of a repeat question. I'm just going to skip that one. How likely are you to invest in equipment for use on the ham radio bands that is capable of digital voice within the next 12 months? 63% uh, of the respondents said they were very likely to uh, uh, get involved. So that's kind of a neat thing. Uh, reasons uh, why people wanted to um, uh, try it. Uh, so various reasons were uh, gone across. And I, the whole question is in there. I wanted the Bena dot 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 i wanted to try s dot 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 i don't know what the question is 
oh, I wanted the benefits of digital voice, 39%. I wanted to try something new, 39%. Uh, my hammer radio friends convinced me, only 10%. Good on you. No peer pressure there. Uh, what are the reasons that you have not invested in ham radio? Um, and mostly it was uh, too expensive, of course. And uh, secondly was uh, no coverage for digital voice in my area. What aspects of ham radio digital voice modes do you enjoy the most? Uh, most people said the global connectivity, which I find kind of interesting also. Uh, you can, uh, not everybody is involved in HF, so it's a good way to talk to hams all around the world. Uh, the audio quality came in second, of course, because it's basically full quieting or nothing. You know, it's digital. It's, it's all or nothing. So digital voice quality is, is uh, very impressive. So. What uh, equipment uh, aspects of the ham radio voice modes would positively influence your purchase? Uh, the most likely was the ability to support multiple digital voice modes, so uh, D-Star, uh, DMR, P25, etc., etc. How much would you be willing to spend? Uh, most people would be willing to spend between three and four hundred dollars. Uh, so that's not too bad to get involved, I guess. So um, basically, there's a few other questions. Uh, uh, most of the respondents were between 40 and 69, uh, which is, you know, basically the uh, a good representation of the ham radio uh, community of well as well. 95% of the respondents were male. 1% were female. 3% preferred not to say. So those were the hermaphrodites. Where are they located? Most were in North America and Europe. How many years have you had your ham radio license? Uh, most respondents were between the 11 and 25 year mark. So um, there you go, a quick survey that I thought was kind of interesting and uh, considering how uh, predominant digital voice modes are uh, kind of uh, coming. If you guys want to check it out, uh, the show notes uh, will have the link to said survey. Kind of surprised there were only 213 respondents. Seemed like he would have gotten more. So was I, actually, but um, maybe it was on, uh, you know, some weird website like SurveyMonkey or something. I I have no idea. So there's a little map of uh, DMR repeaters, too, and there's quite a bit in North America and in Europe. So also explains why most of the users are in North America and Europe. Participants in the survey were open to all hands around the world, regardless of whether to use digital voice technology or not. The link to their survey was shared directly to a number of online channels, including uh, the A3XPR's website, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and Yahoo. So, well, you know, it's a valiant effort. Sur survey duration was nine calendar days, March 21st to March 29th. Well, maybe they didn't pick the right media outlets. Just seems like, you know, because I didn't hear about it till now. Yeah, no, neither had I. So, um, too bad. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't consider this a representative sample by any means. Yeah, but uh, you know, in terms of surveys, as you know, I guess it's just as accurate as any uh, political poll before election. <laughs> I don't know. Another story about lies, damn lies, and statistics. Interesting, nonetheless. So, somebody put in a story that involves Twit TV. Who did that? Me. I don't like, I like Twit, Twit TV. We should have had our fake argument about that then. <laughs> Probably should have, because then it would have been a real argument. <laughs> no, I actually like Twit TV. Um, I mean, it's very, very commercial. 
but if you're bored, it's just another ham radio. You know, Ham Nation is just another uh, radio show that you can watch. So uh, uh, this Wednesday night, so uh, tomorrow night, and you guys can catch it on the web after that. Uh, I just thought it was interesting because Joe Walsh is going to be uh, on the show. Joe Walsh, a uh, former member of uh, the James Gang, and uh, you may have heard of a little group called the Eagles. Uh, was a guitarist in there. His uh, call sign is WB6ACU, and he's actually uh, quite active as a ham radio operator. So he's going to be on uh, Ham Nation uh, in, in the next show as a studio guest. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. And uh, also thought it'd be interesting to mention Ham Nation uh, to our listeners because some people uh, might be interested and might not know of Ham, ham Nation. Uh, so you can check them out at www.twittv.com. Uh, no, sorry, www.twit.tv. And uh, Twit TV also has a number of other television shows uh, that you guys can watch, uh, either live or uh, as, uh, as video casts. So uh, I'd like to thank my good friend Clint, uh, K6LCS, uh, for posting that. Uh, Clint, uh, K6LCS, we mentioned a couple episodes ago, very involved with uh, AMSAT. All right, very cool. I'd, I feel like it would be somehow possible to get uh, Joe Walsh on our show because we actually live reasonably close to Bob Heil and Cheryl's talked to him about like having dinner and stuff. So, Oh, there you go. Cool. And he's a very, very, I, I like the show mostly because of him, because he seems to be such a personable guy. Like, you know, like kind of like an uncle, you know, like, like that's really cool. Yeah. So maybe we can pull some marionette strings and get Joe Walsh. That would be pretty cool. That'd be very cool. And then I can tell Adam Curry to suck it. There you go. <laughs> get Joe Walsh to do that. Oh, that would be that would be great. <laughs> you know, the thing is, we have more famous friends that you've been bugging to get, like Adam Savage, to yeah. like do stuff for you, and that doesn't seem to be working out either. Well, Adam no. Savage is your friend. He's not my friend. No, no, He's no, a no, friend no. of a friend. We, we have other friends that are really good friends with Adam Savage. So okay. you should get um, Will Wheaton on since you're yeah. you know buddies with him. Well, it's the same friends that are friends with Will, <laughs> that are friends with Adam, and, you know, so. <laughs> uh, someday. Keep working on it. Yep. Yeah. Someday. We're working on it. We can get Clint on here. Okay. On. Talk about AMSAT stuff. I've interviewed him before. He's a very, very personable and nice guy, and he loves to talk about the AMSAT stuff. Well, we need to do that, but we have three interviews with listeners we need to do, and those will be coming up probably starting with next episode, so. Excellent. Bring music. Yes, sir. I will bring music. <laughs> so anyway, we got to come up with some too. Okay, that would be good. I've been a little delinquent, I admit. Yeah, me too, big time. So we have one more story in the Etherpad, and that is that uh, Canadian hams are attempting to cross the pond, uh, RF speaking, on two meters. Yes. A group of hams. Do you want this one, or do you want me to take? No, it? I'm, okay, I'm going to do it. Carry on. Carry on, my wayward son. A group of hams from Atlantic Canada will operate from Pouch Cove, Newfoundland. Have you ever been to Pouch Cove, Newfoundland? I've actually never been to Newfoundland, and it's supposed to be like one of the most beautiful provinces. And um, no, I, I, it's, it's, it's this island that's really far off the coast, and it's actually really expensive to get there. So uh -huh. I haven't been. And the, and the Newfies are like the, the funniest people you'll ever meet and the most welcoming. So it's on my list. Uh, it's on my bucket list. I, I promise I will get out there one day and visit your beautiful province, you lovely, lovely Newfies. But I haven't had the opportunity, and I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. Oh, that's okay. The three Newfies who are listening understand. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're doing this in a bid to complete a two-meter transatlantic CUSO and claim the Brendan Trophy. Expedition will take to the air from Maidenhead Grid GN37, transmitting on 144.27 megahertz and about 750 watts uh, into a rope Yagi with a gain of over 23 dB over a dipole. That's uh, it's pretty. Sounds like a pretty impressive antenna. Yeah, totally. What the hell is a rope Yagi? Uh, a Yagi that's probably really, really long on a rope. <laughs> Antenna uh, but you know rope? what a Yagi is, of course. Yes, I know what a Yagi is, but I have not so, heard the term rope Yagi ever. Oh, neither have I. Let me Google that while you finish the story. I'm going to yeah. you Google it. <laughs> Great googly moogly. A special call sign has been requested and will be announced if and when approved. In the event the approval for a special call sign is not received, the group will use Victor Oscar 1 November Oscar. Uh, Real-time information on operating modes and schedule will be posted during the expedition on the team's website, the ON4KST website, and the G4CQM Shoutbox. What the hell is Shoutbox? Learning about all kinds of stuff. Facebook users are also welcome to join the group's page at Brendan Quest 2-Meter Transatlantic Attempt 2014. The Brendan Trophy is part of a series of awards offered by the Irish Radio Transmitter Society to the first amateur radio operators to complete a 2-Meter Transatlantic QSO. And you can find all the information about that at www.brendanquest.org. Cool. So. A rope yagi is really cool. A rope. Let me describe the rope yagi to you. I want to build one. This thing looks too freaking cool. Okay. A rope yagi. A rope yagi basically looks like a rope ladder, and it's got like this one that I'm looking at has 18 elements. But basically, it's it's just two pieces of rope with a bunch of of of, of elements going across like your ladder rungs looks like a hammock and of course like a what a hammock yeah kind of and but you probably wouldn't lie on it when you're transmitting 750 <laughs> watts and uh basically as as you may or may not know the more elements you put in line the more directional your signal becomes so pointing this thing might be a little hellish but uh, basically it looks like a rope ladder that's what a rope yagi is the, the ropes hold your elements and, and this, the one I'm looking at, the 18 element, it's probably looks like it might be like, I don't know, 40 or 50 feet long. It's pretty cool. You wouldn't want to be lying on that, transmitting 750 watts on two meters. That's for sure. Because yeah. <laughs> most human beings are resonant right about there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, they're pretty neat. I'm um, actually looking at a website describing the construction of one. The one that this person built was 100 feet long. This type of antenna works best closer to the equator, below 30 degrees. Uh, this is because in those regions, the path of the moon is frequently mostly up and down. At higher, higher latitudes, the movement of the moon is largely an azimuth. And this type of fixed azimuth antenna is not well suited to such a situation. But yeah, um, it's a very interesting looking thing. So Newfoundland isn't below 30 degrees. If the elements were no. closer together, you could use it to span a chasm. Yeah, you could. You could use it to... You you better be using some nice solid elements. Yes, I can, and it's interesting. I can see where in this picture where the driven element is basically um, at one end. There's only one element that's a reflector, and all of the yeah. other elements are uh, the directional elements. So that's interesting. I assume this thing uh, from the picture. I assume this thing is pointed longitudinally, like it's pointed across the ocean. Yeah. Well, in this picture, it's in a field, and I assume. Yeah. And so, so uh, that what, what do you suppose the is that horizontally polarized? I guess it would well, be right. It depends on which one you're looking at. I'm guessing it would be. 
The one that's flat, um, the one that looks like a hammock. I assume that's horizontally polarized. Yes, because it's horizontal. Well, it's horizontal in both pictures. It's just the elements are horizontal in one and the elements are sort of vertical in the other. But the, uh, you know, the antenna itself is flat either way. So I wonder at, if you like, because it's a rope, I wonder if you could twist it like kind of a, a DNA strand. Make it, uh, it helical. Yeah. Maybe you could do that. I don't know. I don't know. What, what good would helical polarization be? And then you could, uh, you know, talk to satellites. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Nonetheless, check them out. Google it. You Google it. <laughs> Great googly moogly it. So I think yeah. that's it. I think we have some feedback um, that I didn't put you in the ether pad. No music? But again, there is no music. Uh-huh. And no, we're There's not no going down that road either. again. I didn't have any feedback. I had nothing. I had one thing that I'll mention after, but uh, no feedback on my end. Well, there's probably going to be a lot of editing here, but I do have feedback. I just got a voicemail, like just now, um, that apparently... Well, okay, this was close to an hour ago, but apparently it is LHS related. Do you, do you have Google Voice? Uh, have you used Google Voice? No, I can't into the States. It won't let me. Okay, well, what what Google Voice does is when you get a voicemail, it will send you a text of the translation of the voicemail, basically. You know, it will encode it as text. Okay. So I have the text of this voicemail, and I want to read it. I have not listened to the voicemail yet. I'm going to do that sight unseen. But I want to compare what the voicemail actually is to what I got as a text interpretation of it. Oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> this is what the text says. L-H-E-S, the show this call from Love It, 7-3, and for the DC splash, right? Hey, talk to you, but when you well T. With that in mind, <laughs> let's hear what it actually says. L-H-S, the show is awesome. Love it. 73 N5VD. Okay. Is he telling his dog to heal at the end? I think so, yeah. <laughs> N5VDC slash 8. So who is N5VDC, since he didn't bother to tell us? Richard Troth. Boy, that name seems familiar. Why does that name seem familiar? I think I've met him at, uh, at Hamvention. Okay. Very May- good. Maybe. Well, thanks. So, yeah. Um, uh, Google Translate, not even close, man. <laughs> moral of the story is read yeah. voicemails might want to go ahead and actually listen to those voicemails <laughs> yeah. oh that's good and we appreciate the voicemail we don't get a lot of uh, voice voicemails no we definitely don't thank you very emails, much I mean. yep. but, uh, that's very cool yeah, let's see the kudos oh did you see this thing where you can buy baofengs for 16 bucks no I have not actually I'm not surprised that being said because they're so popular that I'm sure that the price, I knew the price was going to come down. But I mean, they're probably like the small three waters that you can't, you have to program with your computer, I'm guessing. Yeah, they are. But still, but 16 you, bucks and, you know, probably delivered to your door. That's, you could just buy one every week, drop them in the pond when you fish kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and they sell the other, they sell like dual banders, like the UV7R for like thirty four ninety five or something. You know, these are dual bander, fully programmable L C D screen, five watt, you know, yada yada yada. Now I recently bought two for twenty five bucks each, like a, a year and a half ago I guess. I bought two for twenty five bucks each. I bought the five the five watt ones and they're they're eight channel and you gotta program them with your computer. Right. Basically so the kids could have them. I, I programmed them on the F R S channels. Um, and then I have my Wooks and or Wooshing, or whatever you want to pronounce that, that other video. <laughs> your Wooks uh, your Wax Hand, your <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your I have those 
programmed on, on the repeaters and then I have a bunch of channels programmed to the same ones that the kids so that we can talk to each other when we're camping. And they're great. Like for 25 bucks, I don't really care if the kids lose them, you know, and they're better than those Motorola small handy talkie things that are only a half a watt, you know. So, yeah, they're awesome. And, and yeah, they're certainly getting cheaper. The sound quality is good. I, I have nothing but good things to say about them. Besides, the Chinese are going to own you guys soon anyway, so you got to make friends with them. Yeah, they're coming after you after they get us. Oh, that's guaranteed, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> they already own half of us. Uh, I do have a. There's a quick comment from Mike Robinson. We uh, announced his uh, Twitter handle, Bad Toys, a few episodes back. Uh, he sent us a link to all of the single board computers. Yep. Um, yep. That we sure. were talking about. There's a link to that Wikipedia article that lists them all. Basically, he said he typoed in that previous comment where he meant to put SBC for single board computer, not SMB, because I think I stumbled over that wondering what the hell he was talking about. But there you go. That was all he had to say about that. That was back in episode number 124. Way back. Yeah, way uh, back. Good times. <laughs> uh, from Google Plus, we have a comment from uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. They were, and he had no hair, last I heard. We got a guy who commented and said that he was looking to write a, a program uh, in SED, or write a script in SED to translate the Bible text into Morse yes, code. I remember that. Fuzzy Wuzzy commented, I've been using ebook to CW for years. Uh, that's E-B-O-O-K, the number two, CW. Translate uh, the Bible? Uh, not to translate the Bible, but to translate ebooks into Morse code. And he says, though I have been lazy in my practice lately, it takes text files and makes an MP3 with a host of options, including Farnsworth spacing, chapter markers, etc. While it does have a GUI, it is a little buggy, so I prefer the CLI version. So it looks like there is no need to go down this road because it's already been done. I didn't send a link to it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that if I do a quick search here for ebook to CW... First link. And it's, uh, interestingly, uh, this is an application that was written by Fabian Kurtz, DJ1YFK. And if YFK sounds familiar, uh, it's because he uh, was the creator of YFK Test and YFK Log. So there you go. So you know it's a good product. That's right. Coming soon to a church near you, the Bible in Morse code. (laughs) Yes, sir. The Church of Ham. Right. Right. So let's see what else I've got here. We have uh, some feedback from Andy, Andy Stewart, KB1OIQ, uh, creator of Andy's Ham Radio Linux. Uh, Andy's I'm not familiar with that distribution. You are familiar? You should be. No, no, I'm not. Oh, you're not? We talked about it. Andy's Ham Radio Linux? Yeah. We talked about it on the last episode. Oh, right. Oh, how quickly they forget. And uh, he actually emailed me directly on this uh and he says hi russ this is andy kb1 oiq that's kilo bravo one oscar india quebec i listened with interest to lhs 124 thanks for the oh, i'm sorry it was back in episode number 124 so it was three episodes ago no wonder you forgot yeah there you go uh thanks for the kind words regarding andy's ham radio linux if you'd like more info let me know i just released version 15 last night and i got this on march 31st so that would be march 30th uh version 15 was released He'll be speaking on this topic in Hartford, uh, that was Hartford in Connecticut, uh, in July at the AWRL Centennial Convention. Uh, FYI, MicroFox 15 Config is a GPL program that I wrote which allows the user to config a Bionics MicroFox 15. This is uh, also a device that we talked about on that same episode. Uh, it's a small 2-meter transmitter used for fox hunting. 
program runs natively on Linux. And more info is at www.bionics.com. That's B-Y-O-N-I-C-S.com stroke M-F, Mike Foxtrot. Uh, the guys at Bionics have agreed to share info with me so that I could write this program. Now that's cool. A vendor actually sharing information willingly. I love it. And all I did was ask nicely. The Bionics people are really good. They're really big into little APRS uh, devices. And uh, I have a lot of respect for that company. They're, they seem to be quite helpful. And uh, yeah, they're, they're a good company. Check them out, Bionics. Sounds like an interview opportunity. Yeah, most likely. I'm sure they'd be more than happy. It doesn't sound like it's a very big company, but I was looking into their products when I wanted to uh, throw APRS into the car just just for Badger. and giggles, as it were. And they sell these little devices, basically the size, not even of a credit card. Uh, you have a connector on either end, so one end goes into your radio, the other end goes to, to the antenna, and you basically program all of your APRS stuff into it from your computer and plug it in and let it go. And uh, these little devices are under 100 bucks, if I recall. Don't quote me on the price because it's been a while since so I've checked it out. But, uh, uh, yeah, they have some, some very cool – you can even – basically, you can interface it with your handheld and, and use it when you're hiking even so your, your friends can know where you are so you don't get lost in canyons with strange names. <laughs> nice callback. Uh, <laughs> So uh, he goes on, Andy goes on, uh, Bion Garibrandt from Bionics should receive major kudos for his willingness to share, which I believe we have just done. Uh, MFC underscore GPL, Microsoft, or Microfox Config GPL, is available on SourceForge, and of course, that link will be in the show notes. Uh, FYI, I'm also working on another program to configure the Bionics TinyTrack 3 device. This program is not yet released, but will be GPL and should be released very soon. Uh, more it. info at another URL that will be in the show notes. Yeah, I'm on the site right now. So the basically, you can get the Tiny Track Three pre-built with a GPS combo for 107 bucks US. You can get the kit for 98 bucks. Uh, you can just get the Track Plus for 33 without the GPS if you have your own GPS. Like they have a lot of options as well. You can get the cables. They give you the plans on the website to make your own cable if you don't want to buy their cable. That they'll they throw the, the the plans on there so that you can make your own. So you you know so they're they're very very accessible. Uh, they have uh, they're up to the tiny track four now. Pocket trackers, Pocket Fox, uh, WX track for weather, uh, all kinds of neat little uh, little widgets there. So yeah, check them out. Bionics b y o n i c s dot com. B y o. That's the way everything should begin. If you are interested, please search for KB1OIQ on SourceForge to see other stuff I've done, all of which is on Andy's Ham Radio Linux. Have a lot of fun in 7.3, Andy. Kilo Bravo 1, India, Oscar, Quebec. So, very cool. Thanks, Andy, for the feedback there, and uh, maybe we need to have you on the show, too. Maybe uh, between you and the Bionics guys, we'll have a, an actual program. So. Yeah, no, that would be a very interesting. I'd love to talk to these guys because uh, if I'm going to go this route, I was going to go. This is another company that makes them, but I think I was. I think I preferred the Bionics people just because they had more options. And like I said, anybody who who gives you the plans to their cables, if you don't want to buy theirs, I mean, you know, they have nothing to hide. They're they're a good company to work with. I think so. Very cool, and we should definitely set about talking to these folks like live and in person or something. I think that's all I got. Except for the social media roundup. I yeah, just, there's not too much in there either. It was pretty slow this week. I just wanted to mention that we are getting ready to start shipping out the stuff. 
uh, probably in the next week or two from the The Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, the stuff. The stuff, man. I got the stuff. Uh, If you're Cheech and Chong fans, you know what I'm talking about. Dave's not here. So that stuff will be going out soon. We're going to start doing the interviews. I've got a bunch of haikus to write, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all that stuff will be coming up very, very soon now. Well, we can kind of do the social media roundup and stuff, but Cheryl doesn't have any of that information, so it's going to be kind of hard for her to do it. How about I do it? Yeah, go nuts. Cheryl's apparently not paying attention anyway. She's reading some more recipes or something. Shopping. No, Cheryl is sitting here wondering why I've been here all night. Um, other than to play because, your little game. Yeah, you had to <laughs> perpetrate our ruse. That was. Uh, <laughs> I see. Gotcha. No, you actually were supposed to have a job as always, but uh, well, you can read what you have if you like, or I can start putting stuff in real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's one thing. So why don't you go ahead and do your thing? Well, no, there's actually a couple in there, but uh, we'll do this real quick. Um, we got a couple of donations. One from uh, Rubens Kinjo who signed up as a yearly subscriber. And we also got a repeat payment, monthly payment, from Steve Conklin. So thanks, guys, for your uh, continued donations. Always helpful, useful, uh, in keeping the show running. Uh, because even though we're, you know, we got all that money for a hamvention, basically that's just going to cover hamvention and just barely at that. Uh, we still have day-to-day operating expenses. So every little bit helps. Uh, next we have folks who joined us on Twitter and who joined us on Twitter. Anybody? We have, yeah, uh, Ted Randall. Oh yeah. Ted Randall from the QSO radio show. That guy. It's QSO, not QSO. Q- whatever. Yeah, it's called the ham radio QSO show. You haven't listened, obviously. No, I have not listened. You're listening to QSO. It is uh, really Ted Randall, uh, has a, a completely, American old school DJ radio voice. You're listening to QSO. Very entertaining to listen to. I've listened to the podcast. He's, if you go to uh, his website, uh, QSORadioshow.com, uh, there's there's a, a bunch of podcasts, and he's interviewed basically anyone who's everyone, everyone who's anyone in ham radio. Uh, and his show is actually live uh, on HF on 94.75 uh, kilohertz uh, and also on... Uh, uh, five zero eight five kilohertz. Uh, you can check out the schedule on the website, but uh, it's basically a, a ham radio radio show on ham radio, like on on the ham radio frequencies, not on broadcast radio, which is really interesting. Well, it's 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 I guess it is broadcast, but I don't mean the commercial AM FM stations. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, and and he's probably got like a hundred podcasts listed, and and he's basically like I said, he's just interviewed everyone. Uh, Jan John Amodeo, uh, who's done you know Last Man Standing, Arrested Development, blah blah blah. Uh, everybody who's had anything to do with the invention, shortwave radio pioneer Alan Weiner, uh, who I didn't know about before I listened to the show, but still you know Bill Pasternak. Um, anyone that you've heard of, he's basically interviewed. So I, I really like, the only thing I don't like about the podcast is there's commercials. So if you can listen to it live, that's even better. But other than that, yeah, it's a, it's a good show. Check it out. The other thing is that the podcast lasts two hours. So make sure that you have uh, oh, wow, he's even interviewed a guy I know, Dennis Miranda is K1LGQ from the New England QRP Club. I missed that episode. I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah. Like you said, everybody you've never heard of, he's interviewed, and those that you have, too. Also uh, joining us on Twitter, we have uh, Mark Nielsen. 
Cool. Thanks for uh, joining our Twitter feed. We have uh, on Facebook, Samuel John Holder liked us over on Facebook. Very cool. We also have some folks on Google Plus who joined us. We have Matt Plale. We have Timothy Vlasov and Steve Rabchuk. And that name sounds familiar too, but I'm not sure why. Uh, as far as I know, no one joined our YouTube channel, but I haven't looked. And no one signed up on the mailing list this time around. And did I miss anything? Let's see. We got Facebook, Google, Twitter, YouTube mailing list. Uh, no one purchased anything from Cafe Press or Printfection. Uh, we've gotten through all our feedback. And that, I think, is going to do it. Cheryl got kicked off. Uh, her network dumped her off of the call. I tried to get her back on, and she said, no, don't bother, because you're done. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks, Cheryl, for being here. And uh, sorry that we were, like, where I personally was completely unprepared. So <laughs> next time, things will be better. I promise. I promise. So uh, with that, I think it's time to sign out. I guess that means I need to, uh, like, start some outro music or something. Oh, I like found that. my link. Uh, <laughs> well, it's too late now. It's Save at it for the end of the outro. I put it in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, save it for next time. We'll have something to talk about. And uh, with that, I guess uh, I'll hit the button and uh, we'll get on out of here. Did you make the outro shorter? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks, everyone. Please check out our website, uh, lhspodcast.info, where you can become an ambassador. Visit the website for upcoming events and information on how you can represent Linux in the Hamshack in a nearby Linux con or Hamfest. Uh, you can email us at info at lhspodcast.info, or you can leave us a voicemail. We love voicemail at 109-LHS-SHOW. That's 109-LHS-SHOW. Sorry. 1909-547-7469. Hate mail is routed to our good friend Harrison. Hate mail at lhspodcast.info. Please subscribe to the mailing list. The link is available on our website. Go to Cafe Press and Print Faction to buy some of our show merchandise. Each purchase helps out the show. You can also help by clicking on the sponsored ads on the right-hand column of the uh, homepage. That's uh, www.cafepress.com slash lhspodcast and www.printfection.com slash lhspodcast. Listen live every every Tuesday, every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. That's Wednesday, 0200 Zulu. Our recording schedule and countdown timer to the next episode is on the main page of the website. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners live in Quasi Live. Uh, please come back. We love y'all. My name's Pete, Victor Echo 2 X-Ray, Papa Lima. I'm just a little bit southeast of Montreal, and I'm happy to be here as always. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Take it away, Russ. All right. Thanks, Pete. And this is uh, Russ saying uh, 7-3 for me and for Cheryl and for uh, all the folks who participate in Linux in the Ham Shack. Uh, my call sign is K5TUX. You can email me at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. Go to LHSpodcast.info for all the information you'd ever need about the show. Sign up for the ambassador program to be a part of the action. Thanks again for listening to uh, this episode 127 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And I'm coming to you live from between the peaks in the pine forest of north central Arkansas. We'll catch you all again in a couple weeks time. Bye for now.
And we're out. Out of what? T- luck, time, chicken, and money.